You're listening to a Sovereign Hope Church podcast. All right. Good morning. Um, yeah, super excited to um, get to bring um, the word to you guys this morning. And um, I'm just already just thankful in advance for what God's going to do with it. Um, so, yeah, I think first uh, we can read and pray. Um, I have a few introduction type uh, comments to make. Uh, I was set to set up our time. We'll define some terms. And then um, we'll just start to walk through um, the text. And then at the end, I have kind of a tool, kind of an application for you guys, and we'll explain that and then pray and sing, and uh, that'll be what we do for the rest of our time here. So um, let's read this text. It's Matthew 6. Um, I'm going to go back to verse 24 and include that because of um, how 25 is structured, but we'll read 24 through 34 um, and then pray together. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father, you are bigger than any one situation. You are bigger than any um, one need or one uh, worry. And God, I just pray that you would um, be with us today as we sit under your word. God, I pray that you would overcome my perceived shortcomings, my shame, my fear, my pride, my unpolished public speaking um, method and skills to bring truth to the ears of these people that are listening today. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be active in each one of them and that you would do something in the hearts of the minds of these people that are here listening this morning, that you would help them to find victory where they're anxious, that they would trust you where they don't, that they could take their thoughts captive and bring them into obedience to you that you would help them to realign any misplaced worship and attribute that back to you. Ask us with confidence. And ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So uh, to get started, a couple of just thoughts of introduction. So um, context. So last week Tyson talked about treasures and um, treasuring the things of heaven versus the things of this world. And so we'll continue to pick up on on that theme. Jesus continues that 
Um, and that's why in, chapter, in verse 25, we see that word, therefore. He's tying the, all those ideas back to um, what, what Jesus continues to talk about. Um, this section's about being anxious and constantly dwelling on uh, the treasures of this world. And Jesus is telling us that in our own thoughts and in our own minds, we have the power to overcome those things. Um, so uh, in our world, I, I tried to look and, and see, I, I always hear that, you know, we're the most anxious generation or that um, anxiety is growing. Uh, so I just wanted to put like a number to that or some kind of metric to that. So I just searched anxiety on the Gospel Coalition. You get 1,485 articles. Um, and then in one of those articles, it said one in five people deal with anxiety today. So as you look around, somebody on your row probably has anxiety or is dealing with it. Um, when we talk about anxiety, we're talking about um, an emotion, something that goes on within us. And um, and it's, uh, you know, it, it originates from thoughts of worry and concern. Um, and the way that Jesus begins to talk through this kind of gives us an understanding of, of how he um, calls us to deal with it. So Jesus gives us commands, and then he gives us reasons. Um, so when you think about that word reason, right, like reason is both a noun and a verb. It's uh, a reason, it's a, a truth, something that we, can, that we can look at and believe, but it's also like a verb, right? Thinking over things, meditating on things. Um, and so you have like these commands and reasons. Um, so for our time, oh, I guess I'll get to the next slide. So how we're going to think about anxiety as we go through um, our time today, uh, just, this is just uh, kind of a, a theme that I've put together. So anxiety is the fruit of misplaced treasure and worship that is fought through um, the warfare and renewal of our mind. So when we are feeling anxious about the things of this world, um, the root at some of that fruit is around uh, misplaced treasure, misplaced worship, um, wrong thoughts, and we, we fight those things through the renewal of our mind. That's how Jesus approaches it, and so we're going to approach it in the same way. Um, so the importance of repeated words in this section. So Jesus tells us five times, do not be anxious, do not be anxious. And so we're going to take a look at each one of those, each one of those commands. And then for each one of those commands, he gives us reasons. Um, and as we go through each one of these, we will stop and pause. And I'll just kind of act as if I'm sitting across the, the table with you and you're having a problem. And I'll challenge you. I'll throw some things out there at the end of these, each section and just put out some thoughts around what, are, what thoughts are going on here, what treasures are going on here, and where is your worship? Um, and we'll just look through, through that in each one of these sections. Um, and just want to make sure that we understand, like, in this section, Jesus is not promising that we'll never be hungry or we'll never be thirsty or we'll never suffer. Um, in Romans 8, uh, Paul talks about, you know, how the love of, how we can never be separated from the love of Christ. And he cites things that can never separate us from the love of God. And he talks about tribulation and famine and nakedness and danger or the sword. Like these things are, are coming. We will deal with hard times. Um, and Jesus is telling us here that not that we will be absent of those hardships, but that we don't have to be anxious or worry about them. So let's dig in. So the first time that uh, we see this uh, command, don't be anxious, um, comes in verse 25. So let's read this section. So it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So what's the command here? It's do not be anxious. And what are the reasons that Jesus gives us not to be anxious? So um, his therefore, like I said, it, it ties back to, to verse 24. Um, so the reason he gives, it, it ties back to Tyson's sermon last week. If our love, if our devotion and our service is to God, and if he is our treasure, if our treasure is on heavenly things, uh, we are joined with him. Um, our lives and our bodies then um, have eternal significance. Our lives and our bodies are no longer our own, and they're under the care and direction of God. So if we look at uh, a couple of different pieces of Scripture that, that back this up. So 1 Corinthians six twelve through 20, um, we see that uh, Paul talks about the body here, and he says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. So then the body is not meant for these, um, these treasures of earth. And he tells us to um, flee from immorality, to free from sexual immorality. But, but why does he do that? Because our bodies are no longer our own. Our bodies are no longer just um, consuming uh, things, but they're meant uh, they now have an, an eternal purpose. Um, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Uh, your body is more than food um, if your treasures are in heaven. Um, and then in Romans 14, our life is more than uh, what we will wear. So for, for, none of us, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. But if, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether you live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Our lives, when our treasure is in heavenly things, um, our lives do not belong to us. Our body does not belong to us. They have eternal significance. So then reason two, what is Jesus gives us? Life is about more than food and about more than the body. Well, what is it about? Um, When our lives and our body have an eternal significance, our life is about living and serving God faithfully with a focus on his eternal promises. Uh, the word life is, is really significant here. So it's both all the roles of our lives as well as like our, the safety of our life, like preserving the fact that we are alive. So our life is about more than food, our body about more than clothing. Um, when we look at Hebrews um, 11, we can see uh, maybe some examples of what this looks like. So it says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who, go, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection, Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world is not 
of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and the caves of the earth. All of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. So, in summary, um, the, all of these folks here that we see living a life of faith, a life that's about more than food and clothing, um, we have eternal treasure in mind. We're not living as if we are longing for uh, the things of this world, but we are happy to use our bodies and use our lives to carry out the eternal purposes of the Lord. So in summary, do not be anxious about the things that the world calls you to treasure because in Christ, your body and your life hold an eternal purpose backed by the promises of God. So uh, our thoughts, warfare for our thoughts, treasure and worship. So uh, let's think, where, where might your thoughts be? So what is true? What is your purpose? Where is your treasure? Is your, he- is your treasure in heaven or on earth? Where is your... Second command. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? So what's the command? Uh, Command again, don't be anxious. Um, You're going to see that theme. It's the same every time. Uh, Reason number one, why should we not be anxious? Because God provides for all of his creation, of which you are the most valuable. Reason number two, worry adds no value or length to your life. Anxiety does no good. So in summary, God is a good father who provides what is needed for today to serve him and to achieve his purposes. So if he gives what's needed to the birds so that they can achieve their purposes, he will also provide to you what is needed to serve the purposes he has for you today. So uh, in my notes, I wrote, life is about serving God, about loving him, about being devoted to him. Daily, he provides what's necessary for me to live. So I, I love this part where he's, where he's talking about, he's a father that feeds them. So what does he feed me? How does he feed me each day to accomplish the things that he has in mind for me to accomplish? He gives me words to say. He provides encouragement for my soul prayers to sustain me, and direction for sanctification. So some, some things for our thoughts, some things for our treasure, some things for our worship. What is my value? What am I treasuring? If I'm feeling anxiety about um, my ability to gather and reap and sow into barns and provide for my future, if I'm feeling anxiety about that, where does my treasure? Is my treasure in security or is my thing, or is, or is my treasure in and a perfect provider? Third command. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So command again, 
What is it? Yell it out. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do not be anxious. And, and why is that? Why, should, why, do we, why are we being called to not be anxious? What reasons do we have? The lilies neither toil nor spin, yet their beauty is unmatched. Reason two, if God clothes the temporary parts of, of creation, will he not also clothe the eternal parts of creation? Um, this, is the, this is the command. This is the command and reasons uh, that have been the most impactful to me um, in preparing for today. So um, I'll read this part. So Isaiah 61.10 says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of righteousness. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to sprout up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. So, I was reading this book this week. Uh, it's called Shame Interrupted by Ed Welch. It's been helpful to, um, to put some words to some things I've been going through, but what he talks about is uh, shame. He, he uses the, the, the sin and the fall of Adam and Eve to talk about shame, and he talks about their, when they sin, they go and they, uh, they go and they hide, and they try to make clothes for themselves to cover themselves because they, they feel shame in the presence of God. And uh, just this part about clothing was, has been really helpful um, to think about. So uh, for me to get up and stand up in front of you, to expose myself to you, um, there's a lot of worry and fear that you guys are going to find out just who I really am, right? Um, and there's almost this desire and this anxiety around, man, I need to stitch some leaves together to create this persona, to create this person, to create this strong man who's got his life together and they can come up and share truth with you. Uh, but what we see is that those, when God sees their stitched together leaves, he tells them to throw that stuff away and then he makes a sacrifice for them. Um, and so just like we see in, in Isaiah 61 here, I can confidently stand up being clothed in the robes of righteousness. Um, and there is no shame. There is no, um, you know, unworthiness about me that, that you guys could ever find out. I mean, there's sin there, yes, but there's not something that you guys are going to find out that God hasn't already made a provision for. Um, so super helpful for me uh, in, in this area of, of, the, uh, of being anxious. So to summarize here, so not, not by the work of our own hands, but by the work of God, we are clothed in garments of salvation and righteousness, displaying the glory of God who clothes us. So for our thoughts, what's true? My beauty, my beauty comes from the garments of God, not man. If I'm anxious because of that, why? Where, where's my treasure at? Is, it, is my treasure in my status, my, the attention that you might give to me? Praise, adoration, where is my treasure? Where is my worship directed? Is my worship directed at increasing my faith and my trust in the Lord? And then knowing that the, that the cares of this world would be decreased um, through that. All right, we're, we're blowing through these. Um, so uh, command number four. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? 
What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The command is the same. Do not be anxious. The first reason that he gives us is that your heavenly Father knows what you need. And I think both of those things are really important. You don't just have someone who knows what you need, and you don't just have a heavenly Father. You have a heavenly Father who knows what you need. You have an all-knowing and loving and all-powerful Father who knows exactly what you need. And this is backed by a promise. Um, All these things will be added to you. So in summary, how do you achieve that promise? How do you um, be filled up by that promise? How can you hope in that promise? So if you, do the th- if you do things in the right order, prioritize first, striving after, toiling over, desiring, pursuing, aiming at the kingdom of God, storing up heavenly treasures, all of these things will be given to you. Um, it's really encouraging to think through, because Tyson brought it up last time. He talked about his decision to um, become a teacher and, and uh, go to Trinity. And it made me think and reflect on just the, the stories that are similar to that in our church. Um, I think about the Kabingwas, Michael and Melissa, how she sold her house, sold her car, quit her job, uh, pursuing first the kingdom of God. It wasn't what's going to happen when I come back, how am I going to do this? It was I'm going to pursue first the kingdom of God and trusting that all these things will be given to me. Um, Michael then coming back the other way. Uh, I can't imagine what his uh, decision was like, but He's here. Um, he's pursuing the kingdom of God. Um, and then again, yeah, Tyson and Sarah um, becoming a teacher, adopting Benji. Like these things are pursuing the kingdom of God, absent of anxiety on what they will eat, what they will drink, what they will wear. Uh, the McLeods, um, you know, Jessica making the decision to stay home and, and raise her boys. Bobby and Yvonne, um, they've made career decisions in much the same way. Um, I look at what Jesse and Cortland are doing with his business and with school and all the things that they have going on. Um, I think about Will and his decision to set aside school and pursue what God had in mind for him. Um, Just really awesome examples of of this in our church that I just want to highlight and tell you that I'm encouraged by. So we can, again, now coming back to to the theme, what are the thoughts? What is true? Um, Each decision has one side of a coin to consider, right? Is this from God or is this from me? So working through that, trying to understand, is this decision, is this direction from God? And is it involved in pursuing his kingdom? Then I can go ahead and I can pursue it knowing that all the details will be filled in. I don't have to be anxious about making decisions. Um, Treasure. If I'm feeling anxious about making these decisions, is my treasure in comfort, control, safety, um, assurance, Do I have to know exactly what's going to happen? Is my treasure in that? Um, And then as we worship, we see that God is king. He's ruler of his kingdom that he's building, and it will be perfect. Okay, final one. Uh, This is a good one as well. Uh, So uh, do not be anxious because God controls the future. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, Command, do not be anxious. Uh, We only get one reason this time, but it's a good one. 
God will provide relief for future anxieties on the day that they actually occur. So I was trying to think of a good like financial uh, example and almost like you're going into debt. So if God is providing, if God has promised like he has uh, to provide daily for the birds, to provide daily for you, you're going to get from him what you need to face the anxieties of today. If you begin to like bring in the anxieties of tomorrow, you're basically going into debt. Uh, You're not able to handle the anxieties that you're bringing into today. You're gonna be deficient um, in your ability to handle those things because God is going to provide your ability to handle those things on the day that they actually occur. Uh, There was a really good summary in Matthew Henry's commentary. He said, the saints have a friend that is their arm every morning and gives us our fresh supplies daily according uh, as the business of every day requires. And so he keeps his people in constant dependence upon him. Um, We need to be on guard for this because if like anxiety is this consuming, this um, desire, this uh, emotion that desires to be fed, right? It's a hunger that wants to be fed fear and worry. So if we are handling the things of today well, if we're able to rely on truth, these temptations and these desires will turn our um, attention to the future. We'll begin to play out the future in our own minds uh, rather than letting God uh, bring that to us on the day that it happens and really just trusting him and trusting in his sovereignty. He's in control of the future and it will be perfect and it will um, work out exactly how he has a mind for it to work out. So again, back to our thoughts and treasures and worship. What is true? God is sovereign. If we're worried about the future, where's our treasure? Where's that misaligned? What are we storing up? Are we treasuring clarity? Are we treasuring certainty? And where's our worship? Is our worship on God and knowing that his future purposes are sure and that they're perfect and that we have an appointment with him where all things will be made new, all sin will be conquered, death will be conquered? You know, is our, is our mind, does it, do we have an eternal mindset with regard to the future? All right, so this is the tool I want to walk through with you guys. All right, so um, I think that a lot of us, me included, we have this, this gap in our lives where we know what God's word says, we know what we're supposed to do with it, but there's this place where our mind, like we're not wholly devoted and undivided in our attention to God. So I just want to put this diagram up here and talk with you guys about it. Because this, I think, is a way that Jesus is talking through um, his approach to, to teaching on anxiety here. So he's telling them what they need to know. He's giving them commands. And then he's giving them reasons. He's giving them truth to meditate upon. And we have nine, so they're up there. Um, nine different reasons that he has given us uh, that we can meditate on and think on. And as we meditate and pray, it increases our trust in this truth. So again, just to say them. So our bodies and our lives have eternal significance. If God closed the temporary parts of creation, he will also clothe the eternal parts of creation. Where he adds no value to your life, it does no good. Life is about more than food and the body more than clothing. Your heavenly father knows what you need. 
provision for, for needs is backed by God's promises. Lilies neither toil nor spin, but they're beautifully, but their beauty is unmatched. God provides for all creation of which you are the most valuable. God will provide relief for future anxieties on the day that they actually occur. There are nine truths here that we can meditate on and pray over. And as we do that, as we um, set our minds, as we work on our thoughts, as we um, engage in warfare for our mind, as we take these untrue um, disbelief, as we take these things captive and bring them into obedience to Christ, as we evaluate where our treasure is, where our worship is, what we know we should do will become what we do. As we meditate on truth, it will become um, truth that we believe in. So I want to read um, in Philippians 4. Um, And as I read, I'd love for you guys to listen and think on and try to pick out um, each of these things. Try to pick out where Paul's thoughts are. Try to pick out where his treasure is. Try to pick out where his worship is directed. And then also try to pick out what is the source of his strength and what is he relying on. So I'll start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think before we pray, I just want to, you know, go off script, go off paper, and just urge you and encourage you to... not just let this anxiety be a part of your life any longer. There is peace there. There is strength to be had. And don't do it alone. Um, Find someone that you can pray with, someone that will walk with you um, through this. Um, Someone that can take these truths and meditate on them with you. Um, I know that when we are struggling, it's very hard to see see hope, but there is hope here. And that's what I want to leave you with today is that there is hope for you. God, again, we, we come to you as a people in need, as a people who are constantly faced with reasons to worry. We are inundated with stories, with news, with media, with situations to, that would cause us to think that you are not in control. 
to cause us to think that we have reason to worry. God, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, you would work in the minds and in the hearts of the people here, that you would use your word and use your truth to bring hope into their lives. God, I pray that you would give them um, the strength to um, apply truth and meditate on it um, in their lives. God, I pray that you give them the courage to reach out to people for help. God, I pray that if someone um, would reach out to you, um, that you would hear their prayers and that you would give them comfort, that you would give them certainty, that you would give them peace, um, that you will um, provide victory for them. God, help them to know that there's hope. God, again, we just thank you for your word and the change that it can bring in our lives, the power that it has to do that. And um, we just ask all these things in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Hope Church podcast. We trust that you've been encouraged by the word. For more information about our church, please visit our website at www.sovhope.org. Again, that's www.sovhope.org. Thank you.